We have and we continue to go through a great deal during this pandemic. It has truly been a time of testing. And during times of testing, things get revealed. Things get exposed, don't they? Well, here's what I've noticed has been revealed or exposed. Freedom and responsibility. There's a lot of talk in this past year about freedom and our freedoms. Maybe not so much about responsibility. Let's talk about freedom first. Freedom is what this country was founded upon. As a colony, we sought to break off against the British so that we can be free. The Declaration of Independence talks specifically about three unalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. The Bill of Rights then gets created so that our personal and collective freedoms would be protected. We enjoy so many freedoms in this great nation. Now, some groups more than others, no doubt. And we have learned over this past year that we cannot or should not take these freedoms for granted, that we have to continue to work and stand up for them and fight for them. And so there's freedom, but there's also responsibility. Maybe others might prefer the term obligation. Now the best description that I have ever found for what I'm referring to in terms of responsibility and obligation was written by Dr. King. Here's the anniversary today of his assassination. These words come from his letter from the Birmingham jail. In a real sense, all of life is interrelated. All people are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be who I ought to be until you are who you ought to be. And you can never be who you ought to be until I am who I ought, who I ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. Dr. King is saying we all have a responsibility or an obligation to look after the well-being of one another. We all have a responsibility to do what is necessary to keep one another safe and healthy. We have a responsibility to serve the common good, to be a positive contributing member of our society, to make this world a better place to live. Being in a pandemic, drastic, unfamiliar behaviors, wearing a mask, practicing social distancing and staying away from large crowds, now getting vaccinated, it has tested this balance between freedom and the responsibility that we have to keep one another safe and doing our part to bring this pandemic to an end. Now, this struggle has been more intense in some states than others, in some congregations more than others. What in the world does this all have to do with Easter? I've been thinking about Jesus' last week, this Passion Week, 
And I've noticed Jesus constantly wrestling with freedom and responsibility. On that Palm Sunday, when all these throngs of people gathered, they wanted Jesus to be their military leader, their earthly king. He had a freedom, he had choice, could have gone along with it. Yet he refused to do so. Two days later, he's in the temple. He sees all these merchants making tons of money on these weary travelers that have traveled from all over Palestine. He could have said, hey, how can I get in on this racket? How can I get a little? And yet instead he overturns their tables. Get to the Last Supper. We've heard these words the last couple weeks. Now my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But then he responds, no. For this is the exact reason that I came. A couple hours pass by. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, Father, if this is your will, take this cup from me. Then he follows up with these words. But not my will, but yours be done. Soldiers come. Peter's there. He still has freedom and choice to protect and preserve his life. And yet he says to Peter, put your sword away. For this is the reason that I have come. Goes before Pontius Pilate. Still, Pontius Pilate asks him, are you a king? Could have said, no, you are. Please let me go. And he says, it is as you say. Now he's on the cross. One of the criminals that says, you've saved others. Save yourself. One more chance. He refuses. And ultimately breathes his last breath. Jesus had the freedom. He had the ability to avoid pain and suffering and crucifixion. He openly expressed his desire to live multiple times. And yet his response was founded upon the responsibility and knowing that if he were to lay his life down, all of creation would be set free and this world would be changed forever. Now, how was this world changed forever? In laying his very life down, he proved there's a different, better way to live. He proved sacrificial love is the most powerful force there is. And so as we have heard, the disciples and the women, they come on that early morning, come to the tomb looking for a corpse. And they found someone who has been raised from the dead, resurrected from the dead. Christ is risen. Let's try that again. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Every week that I prepare a sermon and I look at the text, I always find words of comfort and words of challenge. Now in the weeks where the passage is mostly filled with words of challenge, I don't get a lot of good sleep. I wrestle with how do I preach this text faithfully? This challenging, 
text in a way that you can hear it. In a way, you may squirm in your seats, but you won't get up and leave. Now, the other texts that are filled with mostly comfort, I love those texts. I know you do too. I get a lot better sleep that week to be able to come in, to preach the good news of the gospel, to have words that just fill you with hope and joy and peace. After a year of so much death, so much evil that remains in this world, we need those words. We need to hear those words today. And I want you to be uplifted by the joy and the peace in knowing that what Jesus did, God isn't asking us to do. Christ has accomplished it for all time and for all people. That sin has been overcome. That the chains of evil have been broken. That death no longer has its final say. And yet at the same time, I also want you to hear this news. That in this text are words of comfort and of challenge. We heard it when Jesus gives this commandment on the last night. Love one another as I have loved you. The Apostle Paul says a little bit differently in Philippians chapter 2, where he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We've been given a challenge as Christians to live like Christ. This includes the freedoms that we enjoy and the responsibilities that we have towards one another. When we take up the challenge to live like Christ, life doesn't get any easier or smoother. It actually gets harder. It gets more challenging, but it also gets better. And here's what I mean. I want you, let's do a thought experiment. I want you to imagine yourself to make your decisions based purely upon what is best for you and you alone. Let's put ourselves in this context of being in the pandemic. Now, when you put on that mask, do you? Or is it just too uncomfortable? Do you practice social distancing? Do you make the choice to get vaccinated? Now, if you are older, if maybe you have pre-existing conditions, maybe you believe our scientists and our experts in terms of self-preservation, you say yes to all three to help you from getting sick. Now put yourself in the shoes of a 20-year-old college student. All his friends are heading down to Florida for spring break. Now that choice gets a little bit tougher, doesn't it? Let's extend this thought experiment out beyond the pandemic. Imagine an entire world, every single person making decisions based only upon what is best for themselves. What kind of world would we live in? I think it'd be another disaster. I think it would be chaos. I think it would be filled with violence and corruption and greed. I think we would see destruction as far as the eye can see. 
If you think this world is messed up now, imagine that kind of world where everyone only cares about themselves and just does whatever it is that makes them feel good. That is not the kind of world that God had in mind. In fact, that is exactly the world that Christ came here to transform. In and through Christ Jesus, we are given a better, different way to live. Because unbridled freedom without responsibility to our neighbor is not freedom at all. C.S. Lewis once wrote, a familiar captivity is frequently more desirable than unfamiliar freedom. Christ is calling us to an unfamiliar freedom today. A different way of living where we change our mindset so that it mirrors Christ. Now let us hold on to our freedoms while elevating our levels of responsibility towards one another to where rightfully belongs. Now what decisions will you make when you place the well-beings of others before your own? Now what decisions will you make and levels of discomfort and sacrifice will you make in your everyday life? So many different choices. I want to commend both Slackwood and Grace for being examples for over a year now of embracing both our freedoms and our responsibilities. It's been 13 months since we've sang together. We need to continue to be a shining example of lifting up both in the months to come, no matter how tired you are, no matter how exhausted you may be. And let us extend this mindset beyond the pandemic to our family members and our friends and our coworkers. How would your life be different? How would you speak to one another? How would you choose to spend your time? Who'd be the one emptying and loading the dishwasher and taking out the trash? Freedom and responsibility. What would it look like as a member of Slackwood or Grace? As a U.S. citizen or resident? As a global citizen? Can you imagine if everyone had this mindset? If everyone had the mind of Christ? Where we care more about the well-being and welfare of others than we do our own? That's why today is my favorite day of the year. Because Christ's life, death, and resurrection has taught us that there is a better way to live. Imagine driving around and you know that the other drivers have your welfare in front of their own. That's hilarious on the East Coast, imagining that. Imagine what it would be like how we would treat our environment when we thought about future generations and what we're putting into our air and our water and our soil. Imagine how we would respond to people of color who are pleading for us to recognize how they are being mistreated, how they are being killed in a fashion as if their life doesn't matter. Over time, if we listened and if we responded, 
inequality and injustice would be no more. Wars would cease, homelessness, poverty, starvation, all these things would be things of the past. Wouldn't that be amazing? Now this is some made up utopia. This is not just some unrealistic pipe dream. This is what Jesus Christ talked about more than any other subject in his ministry. He called it the kingdom of God. We pray for it to come down every single week. I'm describing the kind of world that Jesus had in mind is exactly what compelled him to lay his very life down so that this might actually become a reality. If each and every one of us strived to have the mind of Christ, utilizing our freedoms and our responsibility to look out for the well-being of one another, what a life we would live. What a world we would live in. On that Easter morning, Christ proved there is a better way to live. A life where freedom and responsibility stand side by side. Now we are called to live that out. Amen.